I saw the thing coming out of the sky It had one long horn and one big eye Like a mister shaking in the city It looks like a purple people eater to me It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater Sure looks strange to me One-eyed Who really came down to earth and he lit in the tree I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, don't eat me Hello and welcome to Cradle to the Grave. My name is Eric and this is an intermission episode. Those little bonus episodes I like to nestle in between the big best of episodes. For this intermission, I got together with filmmaker Jason Rudy to talk about the movie. Jason is an accomplished filmmaker with over 17 films released along with two more films in post-production coming out in 2024, She Knows Faratu and The Amityville Killer. The Amityville Killer will be part of the new sci-fi horror anthology film, Amityville Aliens, by producer Donald Farmer, coming in 2024. He also just finished wrapping up his successful podcast, The Franco Observer, after 156 episodes. Jason is currently in the stages of launching a pro wrestling-based podcast coming soon. You can follow him on Instagram at The Franco Observer. It was great having Jason on the show, and we had an awesome time talking about the movie The Deadly Spawn, or Return of the Aliens, The Deadly Spawn, or The Return of the Aliens, Deadly Spawn. What was that? First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. Something. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning. Jason, 
Welcome back, Cradle to the Grave. It's good to have you All back. All right, good man. to be back. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, so you are you're like one of the very first guests I had on the very first episode way back last year, <laughs> which yeah. seems longer than that. Totally. Um, but yeah, I had you back then. Uh, we chatted about Lady Frankenstein, That's uh, right. which is a movie you introduced to me. I had never seen it until you're like, Eric, watch Lady Frankenstein. And yeah, yeah. Like, All right. And I did. And then I had you come on and we chatted about it. It's a cool movie. Uh, then I had you back for a 1972 episode. We chatted about Blackula. That's right. And now, all these months later, man, you're finally back again to chat about a movie that came out in the 1980s. A movie that really hasn't made a big splash in a lot of, <laughs> you know, in a lot of people's minds. But you and I, I think, love this film. We're going to get into it in a little bit. But now that we're in the decade of the 80s, I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you feel about the 80s when it comes to the, the horror genre and the horror films that came out during that decade? Are you a fan of those films? Yeah, you know, I mean, when I first got into horror, I was big into like the 30s and like the 60s, 70s, like the Night of the Living Dead up until like, you know, sure. the 70 era of like Dawn of the Dead right around there, you know. But as I've gotten older and, and liked my range of horror films have expanded i mean because growing up i watched a lot of the 80s stuff and it's kind of been there done that and then when you go back and rediscover some of the stuff you know it definitely holds up a lot um you have a lot of more of the fans of film that were making films compared to visionary i mean they're still visionaries but they were people that grew up on the stuff Mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s so they turn around and made those films like this film for example you know you have a lot of the 50 sci-fi elements in it and you have that kind of love of famous monsters and that stuff that shows in this film and you have a lot more i mean and you had independent stuff with like george romero and stuff but with this you had a lot more independent younger visions trying to like all get together and let's make a movie over a friend's house type of aspect that really wasn't around in the 50s and 60s and 70s where it was more studio stuff you know man, that's a really good point in the 80s you're right man like you had a lot of these new directors that grew up on those old horror films from the 60s and 70s and a movie like texas chainsaw i'm sure such a big influence on a lot of these directors about we could do it ourselves. We can just get a camera, rent a camera for the weekend or a week, go to some house and, and film our own haunted house movie or film our own horror movie. So that's a really good point, dude. Yeah, the 80s definitely uh, was filled with a lot of those films. And, and this film included in that The Deadly Spawn, which when I first watched this movie, it was called Return of the Alien Deadly Spawn. Right. How about you? When did you first watch this movie? I didn't get to see it until a lot later, but, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, I remember this being a really big box VHS uh, title at the yeah. uh, video stores. It was like a giant oversized so big. It was shell. the biggest box I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was like this <laughs> and 2000 Maniacs and uh, Return of the Meat Eater was another one. And there was a few films that had the giant, I think it was like Wizard Video or something like that, had the really big boxes. And I remember, remember this box and the cover art, which is really good. And, yeah. uh, and so what's cool is like, I think it's um, Tim Hildebrandt, the guy that did the poster for this, which is pretty famous. He did the yeah. posters for Clash of the Titans and uh, Star Wars mm -hmm. and had done a few other stuff. So his artwork really sold this film a lot of the 
the poster and stuff was really cool and it made you really want to see it. Yeah. It's got a great creature. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we'll talk about, but the creature design, and the poster really sold this film a lot to people. That was the case back in the eighties going to the video store. You look at the covers, right? Which movie am I going to rent? Which movie am I going to spend my two bucks on to rent? And it's all first impression. You're looking yeah. at the covers. I'm like, Oh, this cover sucks. I don't want that. Oh, Return of the Alien, Deadly Spawn. Look at that awesome art, that awesome alien. I'm renting this one. And that's exactly what happened. I've rented this movie, asked my mom, if, hey, mom, is it cool if we get this one? <laughs> okay. Went home, watched it, and... What the fuck was that? It did not disappoint. No. <laughs> when was... So So you... Did you see Deadly Spawn back in the 80s, or did you catch no, it? No, I had... I, I had seen I had seen pictures of it and like famous monsters and a, a cinema fantastique and like other magazines and stuff and I had read about it and knew about it but I didn't get to really catch it too much until uh, DVD uh, I got the um, yeah Synapse DVD right here which is a good special yep. edition which I, I watched got. again for this and I watched the audio commentary this time to kind of learn some stuff and yeah. it, was, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I had kind of known about it and seen about it and stuff, but I didn't really watch it until probably about my thirties. I sat down and watched it after I'd already kind of, actually, I think it was before I started making films and, uh, kind of dug it and cause I already knew how gory it was and the monsters and all that stuff. And I knew it was kind of a rip off of alien cause they used alien deadly spawn. It was right. kind of a sequel and it wasn't and other stuff like that. So I kind of didn't stay away from it, but I was kind of at arm's length from it but uh when i first watched it i really liked it a lot and i'm glad i that i had bought bought it and uh watching it again for the second or third time is definitely fun and it's got a good pace to it and there's a lot of interesting stories to it yeah so you know the synopsis for the return of the alien or just deadly spawn uh it's pretty simple you know two campers in the new jersey woods um they're interrupted by the arrival of a meteorite that crashes nearby and that's never a good sign man when you're camping and a meteorite crashes you need to run the other way but they don't they go check it out bad things happen an alien lands after finishing off the campers the the hungry space monsters head for the nearby town where they make their domain in the basement of this house and they soon begin polishing off one hapless inhabitant after another (laughs) Four young teenagers plus one boy try to find a way to stop the angry space monsters before they reproduce and literally eat humanity. So yeah, you know, simple plot, but uh, a fun movie was directed by Douglas McNone and it stars Charles George Hildebrandt. And you mentioned that name Hildebrandt as the guy who did the art. Now the brothers Hildebrandt, they're like a, they're kind of like a famous like art duo. Do you know anything about those guys? Yeah, the two brothers I had mentioned had done the poster for Clash of the Titans, which is a really cool poster, mm-hmm. and the original Star Wars poster, which is really famous. And so those were two of the ones, and they'd done other artwork, but those were the two main ones. So then. So was that kid had, related to the two brothers? So that kid is the younger brother of um, Tim Hildebrandt. Tim Hildebrandt, okay. All yeah, right. so yeah, Charles George Hildebrandt, the, yeah, the young kid in there, he's the younger brother of the two older brothers. Mm hmm. I love that kid, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, he is the he's has the weirdest, maybe weird is the wrong word. The oddest acting style, the way George Hildebrandt acts. I just I love that kid, man. Like he is not flummoxed by any of the shit that's happening in the basement, right? <laughs> so he, he's a big fan of science fiction and horror. 
you know, which I was as a kid. So I kind of related to him, you know, watching this movie as I was about the same age as that kid. Uh So, um, but I, I just love his style. I love how he wears that cape through the whole movie, which is rad, which makes him into this superhero. And he goes down into the basement to investigate where his parents went. And the parents have been eaten by the deadly spawn. He goes down there and he sees these aliens and he's down there for almost the whole movie. Just kind of hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, because the aliens are blind. And so he stands real still because they can't see and they can only hear the sound. But he doesn't freak out, man. No, he kind of turns weird looking. Well, which is interesting is like his character is almost like Tommy Jarvis from Friday the 13th, where he has all the monster stuff in his room and all the masks and stuff. And then his mom is killed in Friday the 13th. And then his mom is killed in this film. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar of the kid yeah. who grew up like in creature effects and then yeah, goes yeah, on yeah. to be the person that kills the monster at the end, you know. But he's not a stupid kid. No. The way he was written and the way he portrays it, he's. He knows what to do. He knows how to kill this thing. You know, he utilizes his own like tricks that he has with his makeup kit and special effects. He's into that. He's into monsters and all that shit. So he knows how to defeat this thing. So that I love that character of that kid. Everybody else kind of by the numbers, you know, they're right. just there to get they're just there to get munched. And they do get munched. What the fuck was that? The old the old ladies having their uh, vegetarian party is kind of <laughs> cool. That stands out. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because, like, this film starts off just like um, uh, the blob where the meteorite lands to Earth and then yeah. it spawns from there. And and it's cool, like, being a filmmaker to see how they did on the low budget where they filmed it almost entirely in a basement because it was cheaper to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, listening to the commentary, they had mentioned that the house is one location and the basement was the basement of another house. Oh, really? The basement for the main house was too short, so they had to use a friend's basement that was really large. So that was like the main shooting was those two areas. And then, of course, the old lady's house is the producer's family's or the producer's parents' house is the house where the old lady was. You know, of course it was. They they were cutting corners right and left. Oh, yeah, big time. And they filmed on weekends just like most independent filmmakers do and that whole deal, you know. But this movie kind of holds up, you know. Yeah. It, it It is super low budget. I mean, super low budget. But you know what? It has lasted all these years, and now we're here talking about this film on this podcast, and we lo- and we both love it. It has some really great special effects. Oh yeah, you can like, tell all the money went in. All the money is there on the screen, and the monsters still look really good. There's it is a lot awesome of, of um, puppeteering with the monsters and how they did the the little baby spawns that go through the water on yeah. a track and all that. How stuff. did they do really that? Good. Did they talk about that in the auto? Commentary? Yeah. Uh, the little ones, they had basically flooded part of the, they built like this wooden swimming pool and filled it partly with murky water and they're on tracks underneath the little, uh, the little spawns. And they pull them with a string, but they have like a wheel and they're connected to a track and it goes mm. along this track and they're pulling a string off the camera and makes it go, all along and it's super so, so it was really practical effects you know which is great and no no cgi because cgi really wasn't around then no, and it's no. real people inside the monster and all the dripping is done with like um rubber cement watered down and all that stuff so it's got a lot of good physical stuff really i think it's ingenuity. i think it's a testament to to people with talent that you can make great art you know as long as you have passion talent yeah. ingenuity you don't need money to make something great and fun and awesome to look at i mean that face peeling effect 
that they do. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's better than a lot of high budget films that came oh, out. Yeah. No, yeah. Year. Super effective. I actually watched this movie. So I was rewatching it the other day. My daughter was visiting. And so she watched it with me and she was like blown away by it. You know, I was like, what, what is this movie? Where did this come from? What the fuck was that? Like, this is a deadly spawn, man. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm, always, <laughs> I'm always singing the praise of this film, man. Yeah, it's very punk rock, you know, because being a uh, low budget and just a group of people doing it together and stuff. And it also, too, like this was um, they basically shot this. Uh, the opening scene of the tents and everything is shot in friend's backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd shot this with a 16 millimeter wind up Bolex camera. So if you watch each scene, because that only would run for like 25 seconds when you're filming and then it would stop. So all the mm-hmm. scenes, that's what makes the editing really good. There's not a lot of dragging on scenes because each scene is like 25 seconds or less. I mean, each shot is about 25 seconds or less with a wind up Bolex, you know. And wow. uh, and they shot it for like twenty eight thousand to thirty thousand dollars, and they shot it basically over about a year and a half, and then took about another year and a half for post production editing and all the other stuff. Was this movie like an inspiration for you as a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, watching how they did it and and seeing uh, seeing the way that it could be done successfully, you know, shooting with friends' houses doing it in a good area and just using all your resources and everybody pitching in and stuff. I mean, it's thousands or millions of films have been made in this archetype since this film. And, and it, it hasn't really, like we talked about, it's known, but it's not entirely as well known as maybe it should be because of, I don't know what, maybe the acting or whatever, but like, what's interesting too, is this came, this premiered the same week as the evil dead played, so these two films uh, came out at the same that. time. Yeah, yeah. Another movie that was very homemade, low budget, yeah. Evil Dead. But the Evil Dead kind of rose above this one. I don't know. Like you said, maybe it was the acting. Um, but another thing about this film that is superb is the music. The oh, yeah. Mu- the music is astonishing. As you know, I told you I was watching it with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And she's like. Oh, this is Stranger Things. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Stranger Things is this, right? This is this is OG. This is yeah. how it was done back in the early '80s. They used the Casio keyboards and they made made that cool Stranger Things music. I love the score, and it makes the scenes in the basement have this super surreal, dreamlike quality that freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. With you know, the music, with the blood and everything, and the gore, yeah. really just creates a good atmosphere. And and the water, and and he has really good shots, and his editing in this is really good. And it's not just a, a lot of medium shots. He's using cool, like when the guy drops a lamp and catches it, and everything's framed really well in this film. Of just each sequence is built, and and yeah. they really did a really good job putting this all together. Why didn't Douglas McNoan direct anything else? Like I don't think he did any other horror movies after this did he yeah i i'm not sure i i didn't get a chance to to look him up or anything to see his credits i, I anything, looked up but... yeah i mean i looked up you know his wikipedia page and it, he didn't really do anything else um wow of, of note after this i think he just kind of went off and did whatever but yeah that's too bad did he do the audio commentary that you watched was it him yeah it was uh douglas gnome uh the kid and uh 
uh, of the producer and Tim Sullivan was leading oh, wow. it. And there, I need to yeah, watch it. I have that. I have that DVD that you mentioned. I didn't get a chance to watch the audio commentary. I need to though. Yeah, it's actually really good. It's it's funny, and, and they talk about everything, and and like and like since it was shot over a year and a half, the kid in there like ages, you know, in certain scenes. Like, oh, here he is when he's in junior <laughs> high, and here he is in high school, and you see his face. Oh shoot! Then they go over a few little continuity errors and some stuff, and they mention a lot of that stuff, which is really cool, you know. That's funny. I didn't I didn't really notice the kid aging, but it, I'm sure on a second viewing, I'll I'll catch that now because you know, it, like you said, it took what a year. And a half to film a year and a half to film this yeah wow and, and um, what's cool too is there's uh like later on you could tell like i kind of caught the vegetarian scene where they attack all the old women and stuff mm-hmm. that kind of reminded me of peter jackson's brain dead or oh, for dead sure. alive you know some of that kind of over the top of the old ladies and the monsters everywhere killing and <laughs> shit and really gory i was like oh that's kind of got inspiration for that and then of course they this took inspiration from night of the living dead instead of zombies attacking the house where they're boarding the doors it's the aliens and in the end when they burn all the alien bodies that's like night living dead when they're burning all the corpses of the zombies after they kill them and stuff you know i wonder what happened to that big alien they made did the director talk about that like does he have that yeah in his own uh, basement <laughs> no they ended up giving the main head to gene simmons what from kiss yeah gene simmons oh. from kiss yeah he so has, he has the he main has one that. And Forrest Jackerman had one of the smaller spawns they gave oh, to him, cool. and and I guess they used to tote the the big deal around to like different theaters and stuff when it premiered. And they said when they got it back one time, of the three heads, one of them was uh, was actually missing. Somebody took one of the the heads, so they only oh, had like no. two of them left. You know, man, that sucks. Yeah. Well, cool, man. You know, I I try to find like. Uh, a review that came out the year this movie came out, but I couldn't find anything on the internet, at least. Siskel and Ebert did not review this film. (laughs) Vincent Camby from the New York Times did not review this film. But doing, you know, contemporary reviews, it has a lot of love. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that this movie has a special place in their heart. And mine included, I've always dug this film. It was hard to find for a while, you know, and like during the 90s, I, I didn't, I couldn't find it anywhere. And then, you know, the, the, that DVD came out. And as soon as I saw that click, I bought it. Love it. But yeah, a lot of people are rediscovering this film. And I think it's up to you and I, Jason, to spread the love about the deadly spawn. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think it's been released on Blu-ray. I'm not no, 100% I sure. But I just the so, Synapse yeah. DVD that came out in 2003, it was like the only one that came out. Which And it's a great DVD. There's a lot of good stuff on it. But yeah. It's funny that this hasn't been put out again on, you know, maybe not 4K, but at least Blu-ray or something. It's weird. It's kind of slipped through the cracks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time, man. Maybe after, yeah. you know, after this episode comes out, <laughs> some, you know, one of the people are, who made it like, you know what? That's right. We need to do a, a 4K release of this film. Who knows? Or maybe we should start a GoFundMe account to get well, yeah. on. Because <laughs> on the commentary, they talked about when they put out the DVD, the restoration and everything costs more than the actual film. I believe it. Make. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I so, believe it. they got it all done and, and queued in and stuff. So I'm not sure why it hasn't, it hasn't really done that, you know. But uh, one thing I will say is hmm. – uh, the, the final shot of the film is really awesome with the miniature house and the creature yeah. that comes out of the hill. That's like a really cool, like <laughs> topper of an ending, you know, it's a great ending. It's, it's a cool film, man. It is. Um, uh, so what's your final word on the deadly spawn, Jason? 
Well, I'd say Deadly Spawn's a really cool film if you're into really ingenuity and low-budget filmmaking, and if you like 50 sci-fi aliens from outer space movies, along with like over-the-top 80s gore effects and monsters, like was popular in the non-slasher films. If you, if you did, because because the 80s are mostly known for slashers and stuff, but right. you had a lot of the Friday the or um, Nightmare on Elm Street and like. Um, uh, the thing and and the John Carpenter films that had a lot of cool, you know, um, effects of larger than life creatures and other things like that. If you dig like, oh, if you like the thing, effects, you gore. need to watch Deadly Spawn. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely, definitely, man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But here you're right. Like, if you're tired of watching slasher movies, throw in the Deadly Spawn. You know, from the '80s. Like, you can't. Yeah, because it's very wet. It's very gory. So it's not like a, it's not a quaint little you know safe disney movie it's totally gory over the top and and what's funny is and there's only one nude shot and it's the mother in the beginning which is <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> i know i don't know if that was needed but it's there if you're into that yeah. whatever and it's not like throw it in the beginning it's not too gratuitous no not at all at, at the same time you're like well do we need to see that i don't know yeah <laughs> no but it, 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 it is cool i mean there's a kid that's the hero and it's got the all the gore and great monsters and it's got good action and and it's really well made it, it's i mean it's it's hokey like anything is but it's competent enough where it's really cool and it's it should be on a higher pedestal than it is so absolutely it is really cool and it needs to be in a higher pedestal and i'm gonna make sure that happens Raise it up. <laughs> right on thank you jason thank you awesome. awesome to have you back man we'll have you back again soon all right i'll see you around